Welcome to Beatitudes, where your host, Dr. Kwamenique Sukina, will give you tools to experience wisdom in your everyday life. Listen each week as Dr. Kwamenique Sukina shares stories that will help guide your faith, perspective, and attitude in every situation. This is Dr. Sukina of Indigenous Messengers International, and here is our host. Welcome. I'm Kwamenique Sukina. As we start our journey together, I want to tell you a little bit about myself. Over four decades, I have been working with individuals who are stuck in their lives, helping them get out of ruts and move forward. As a pastoral counselor and certified expressive arts therapist, I have specialized in the areas of dysfunctional families, addiction, codependency, spiritual addiction and abuse, sexual addiction and abuse, domestic violence, adult children of alcoholics, and trauma. I served for nine years as a North America representative for a faith-based organization located in Israel. Go in and just make those things happen. God kind of brings those people through my path or brings me into their path and their relationships that are kind of what I call ordained. And those are the relationships I've had. And I've had many of those over many years. I still have some original relationships, 50, 50, 40 years going on now. I'm creative. I'm also artistic. I was a dancer for many years. I love movement, anything that has to do with that. I love creativity. When I was growing up, I did a lot of hobbies and and different arts, artsy types of things. And I'm, I've made jewelry, always love creativity. However, if I'm going to have to make a decision be- between sitting down and creating something in the physical or creating relational things, I'm going to be drawn to the relational. I cultivate and invest deeply in my relationships. And you might say, too, if you were think- if I were thinking about it, That if I were to do an art show, I would be hanging people on the wall. (laughs) That my art is is really the relationships I have with people. In fact, um, I have walls of pictures of people in in a certain part of the house, of the people that are important to me in my life. I'm young at heart, and I mix well across generations. I feel like the generations, we need each other. As an elder now, I'm seven, in my 70s, as an elder now, I feel like that elders bring wisdom to the situation, to life, to life's issues. But the younger people bring hope and intentionality and energy. So I love when I do hosting events or in my regular life, I'm drawn to young people. I love being with the elders too, but I really need that connection where we're doing things across the generations. And I work best in diversity. I don't like cookie cutter things. I like working with the cultures and the genders and people uh, that are different. I, I really love that. Another thing about me is I love bringing people together. I love, I am a networker at heart. I really enjoy promoting other people. And so if I were be, to describe myself as a body part, I would say I'm connective tissue. And my friends, uh, I've lived in Nashville for many years, and my friends in Nashville laugh because 
I, when I come in, into Nashville once or twice a year, I gather them all together, and they won't sometimes see each other until I gather them back together. They laugh about that. I, I, one of my friends said that she was in the grocery store one day and saw another one of my friends and said, oh, I know you're doing well because I talked to, to Kwamanika on the phone, and, and she catches me up. So that's just a little bit about about my life, and I have a rich and rewarding life. At the same time, my rich and rewarding life has not been without struggle. 35 years ago, when I was only 35 years old, I was stricken with an autoimmune illness that was very difficult to diagnose. It took about six years to even get a diagnosis. And it threw me into a time warp in that I felt more like a geriatric patient. I remember at the time that I went to the seniors' uh, exercise classes because I couldn't keep up with people my age. I was mother of a 10-year-old and a 4-year-old when I first got sick. And it was, well, actually it wasn't a 4-year-old, a 6-year-old. And and it was very difficult. I remember going to the store and sometimes I would have to let them leave my shopping cart there and go back home and lay down and go back and finish. So it was very, very challenging. I remember at the, during those six years when I was looking, I knew there was something wrong with me and, and wanting to know what it was. I remember saying jokingly to a friend, when I die, put on my gravestone, see, I told you I really was sick. And it did take a long time to get my diagnosis because strange illnesses and rare illnesses are very difficult to diagnose. At first, when I got ill, I tried desperately to get my old life back. And I think that's just a normal thing that we do when we, when we hit adversity. We always like the familiar. And I, I fought very diligently, plus the fact I was also a Christian and believed in healing and I just couldn't understand why I couldn't get healed. And so I went to doctors and I used supplements and I used medicines and prayer. I went through deliverance. I went to faith healers. I did it all and came to the conclusion that it was not happening for me and there was not going to be a silver bullet. So at that point, I stopped pursuing healing and I just pursued my relationship with God and the healer. I felt very trapped in my body at the time. And related a lot to the scriptures when it speaks of Job. And a side note on that is that that's when Job really was down is when his body was afflicted. He lost everything, but when his body was attacked, because, you know, you can't get out of your body. You can get out of some circumstances. You can't always, you, you, I couldn't get out of my body. I was trapped with that. And so I stopped pushing against the current at that point. One of the things I learned is that expectations are resentments waiting to happen. So it was like, you know, I was aware, I was floundering, I was beating against, pushing against the goad, beating against the waves, and I wasn't going to make it if I continued to struggle and push against the tide. So in that process, I, I surrendered, and I gave, you know, that fight over to God. And I got in touch for the first time with acceptance and gratitude, and those God would speak to me. He kept saying the word to me. When I say speak to me, I mean in my heart I would know something. I, I would understand and know something I hadn't known one minute before. And that would be my way of the Creator speaking to me, giving me knowledge and wisdom and discernment I didn't have. 
And I kept hearing the word transcendence, transcendence. I didn't even know what the word meant. And then God brought, dropped into my heart and mind Christopher Reeve. And Christopher Reeve, for some of you probably know, he played in Superman, but some of you may not, in the movie Superman. Christopher Reeve was a, a very uh, strong person, strong man physically. And he was riding the horse and fell off and became a paraplegic. And that could have been the end of his life, but it wasn't. He used that to help other people that had the same issues. And he never stopped fighting until he crossed the veil for other people. And And God brought him to my mind. And it's like he is transcending his circumstances. And that is what you need to learn how to do. And that's about finding meaning in the cards you were dealt and using your situation to make it better for someone else. You know, we are not terminally unique. And when we're suffering and, and we go through those hard times, we can think that we are, that we're the only person this is happening to. But we can usually find someone else who has it harder. So as a result, my misfortune became my gift. I realized first is that I'm not entitled to this life. It's a gift and it is a privilege. And so for the last 35 years, every day of my life, I'm aware of my own mortality. And that is really hard. I'm not saying that's an easy thing. It's scary. It's scary dealing with your own mortality and, and realizing you're not always going to be here. At the same time, it's a catalyst to remind us the preciousness of life, the fragility of life, and the fleetingness of life. And I've had that privilege for 35 years because of the adversity, because I was willing to allow God to help me learn how to transcend my circumstances. I've had the privilege of having a more rich and fulfilling life. In order to not only survive, but also to thrive in the midst of my difficulties, I had to open my mind to new avenues of thoughts and behaviors in my life. I had to learn new life skills and tools to help me along the way and I had to develop new attitudes from the wisdom that God had freely given to me when I asked for direction. I love this, when you take the word God, the spelling of word G-O-D, that can also stand for good, orderly direction. And that's what, that's what God did for me when I asked for the help. Recently, when I crossed my 70th year, that threshold, which was really, I couldn't believe I'd lived that long. Because 35 years, I, every day. I could have passed that day and crossed over. I'm so grateful that I continued to live in this 35 years and not just live this narrow life because out of fear or thinking about my limitations. But I realized that these gifts that I've been given could be passed on. I could pay it forward. You know, Alex Haley says that every time an old person dies, it's like a library burning down. I thought back to my parents and my grandparents, and I realized when they passed, they crossed over. You know, I've lived long enough that I've said I've, I've been a part of their crossing over, but their words meant more to me after they were gone than any other, any other time they'd ever said anything. I was digging through their paperwork and things, just trying to put my hands on things. And, and things began to come to me, like my grandmother's sayings, a stitch in time saves nine. An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. If you lay down with dogs, you'll get fleas. I could remember everything she had said, and I, I didn't realize it at that time, but she was giving me an inheritance. She was leaving me a legacy with her words. 
You know, the Jews, they do what's called an ethical will. It's a written and personal document. It's a record of their life stories, the lessons they've learned, the hopes and dreams of their family, their values, their wisdom. It says in the scriptures, a righteous man leaves an inheritance for his children and his grandchildren. That's not only monetary. It's great if we can do that. But some, some of us don't have monetary to leave. We can leave a spiritual and relational inheritance as well. And I realized that sharing my ethical will, that's what this is. That's what I'm doing. This is my ethical will that I'm leaving for my immediate family. That was my beginning motivation. But as I began the process, the vision has now grown to incorporate you into the picture. You are my human family. And I would like to share my stories of wisdom with you as well. So join me, your elder, Kwamanique, and your guide in this journey as we walk together and I'm able to impart to you some of the experiences I've had through storytelling, things I have gathered as a spiritual being having a human experience. Welcome to the B Attitudes, Simple Attitudes of Wisdom for Spiritual Transformation. I want to bless you, my fellow travelers, and I also want to dedicate this to my children and my grandchildren who mean so much to me. Thank you for listening to B Attitudes with Dr. Kwamenik Sukina. Be sure to follow the show for more tools on how to experience wisdom in your everyday life for you to walk in victory with the right attitude.